Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin. And today we are discussing our top 10 zombie movies. We're going to take turns listing our favorite zombie films starting at number 10. And we're not going to spoil any of the movies, so you can listen to this episode regardless of whether you've seen the films or not. Uh, We usually do a weird top five and then say like five bonus mentions, but we're just going to try a sincere top ten this time like normal people. Just committing, huh? I I think we're committing. We'll see how it goes. Um, But before we start the countdown, I'd like to talk about criteria. We always start these top five or whatever episodes with a little bit of criteria discussion. Did you use any criteria to narrow down this list, Ashvin? Like, I know in our reanimator episode, we were debating whether it would even count as a zombie film or not. Yeah. So I know that that part was hard looking at like the lists of like what other people have ranked is like zombies can be pretty general, anything from undead to like infected or just, uh, yeah, some kind of process that brings people back to life. Like I think we talked about is like the Dr. Frankenstein film, uh, a zombie film. Um, but no, for, for criteria, I, I feel like mostly I was just thinking about what I've like enjoyed and would like, like to rewatch again and, and uh, would like, uh, yeah, not hate. I, I feel like overall, like this isn't a genre I'm crazy about, but uh, I, I think when looking at the films and the ones that stood out, like I saw some themes around, like, did it uh, have something smart to say? Did it bring in like a new tone and did something different? Um, was it like very innovative? Um, and yeah, kind of like the production value and, and, and the makeup as well. So, uh, yeah, well, kind of just went, went kind of broad there on whatever seemed the most interesting and memorable. How about you? Okay. So you didn't think too much about like the rules of what qualifies even as a zombie movie for purposes of the countdown. Uh, I tried not to go down that hole cause yeah, I mean, do, do, what did you? I did. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. And I actually didn't think much about what, <laughs> why my justifications for putting them on there. So your criteria <laughs> is what it takes to get into this top 10. Yeah. And my criteria is what it takes to even be considered. So did you come up with a definition for what a zombie film is? Um, for not necessarily, but for my, what I chose. Mm, okay. So the dead must be coming back to life. Mm hmm. Once somebody becomes a zombie, they can't be turned back to themselves again. Okay. The zombies are not possessed by a demon. Mm. So those last two bullet points are really to eliminate things like evil dead. Oh, okay. Where a person can become possessed by a demon and then return to their former selves. They don't even need to be dead first. Deadite type stuff, I'm disqualifying. Got it. Okay. I'm not considering. And and they have to have died. They can't like just uh, get infected and suddenly transform into something they can but in my mind once that happens you are dead like Hmm. the virus has killed you and you've reanimated as a zombie okay okay yeah i mean it it gets into a deep discussion of like how we define life but uh, yeah right it's kind of a technicality of zombie movies i mean they do because you can't bring those people back to life right as a normal human they're already dead yeah in most movies yep uh but I, i guess how are you defining dead like brain dead or like the heart isn't beating or what's the standard there I would say most any brain function beyond zombie dumb is dead mm, okay uh, some days I feel like that man That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey how you doing today buddy yeah. any function beyond zombie dumb is <laughs> exactly is, <laughs> is, is a win at this point uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a good standard good, good line to draw 
I tried to choose movies where the zombies are rising from the grave en masse and can overwhelm with their numbers. Mm. So that's meant to eliminate films like Reanimator, where it's more of a one-off controlled situation. Okay, Dr. Frankenstein then also falls away. Correct, right. I don't don't know how how fair that is. Like, why does it have to be a, a mass thing? It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a mess thing. I'm not saying those are the quali- qualifications for a zombie movie. I'm just saying that's what I narrowed my scope to. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Because otherwise it just got too confusing. Yeah. Yeah, if it's just a, a few people. Or one and person. the zombie outbreak provides the potential for an apocalyptic event. Mm. Okay. Maybe not within the movie that's what's happening, but if it got unleashed, or it, the potential is there. Okay. Okay, wow. That's a pretty strong definition. Can't poke too many loopholes into it. Um, trying to think. So, if there was like a small contained environment where like a, a zombie broke out, like a like a, on on a plane, I guess, uh, and then would it, but there wasn't like a threat to the general population. It was all I, I guess like wreck. I'm thinking of wreck. Like, uh, we, we, how would that fall into here? Yeah, I mean that is a quarantine area, and if something broke quarantine, it would have the potential to infect. And spread to all of humanity. So same thing with the plane, right? If the plane lands, yeah, there's the global threat. Okay, okay. So the threat of a global threat has to exist. <laughs> all right, all right, good call. That makes sense. But I also don't really care if they want to eat human flesh or not, mm. and I don't care if it's contagious via biting. Okay, so you don't discriminate on those taste preferences yep. or spreadability. Yeah. Okay, That's a, yeah, that, that's really good. Uh, if you enjoy this part of the episode, well, this isn't really a, a good clue as to what the Patreon will be like. But after we record this episode, we're going to record a, a short video for Patreon, just kind of a free conversation about how we'd survive the zombie apocalypse mm. or how we think we'd hold up. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that conversation. <laughs> yeah, so it should. I'm the plan would be for that to be available by the time you hear this episode. So. That can be the next thing you do today if you've got some free time. Find out how Brian and I are going to survive. Yeah, yeah. And to do that, you can go to horrormovieclub.com and click on the big orange button that says Patreon and subscribe for a dollar a month if you're not already a subscriber. And some new-ish patrons that we haven't shouted out yet uh, that we want to thank include Ben G, Tiffany H, Matthew, Estefania, a. Withers, Megan R., Rich D., and Edward H. Thank you all very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And thanks to those of you who gave us positive feedback on our last video that we posted, our only video so far to Patreon. <laughs> that We didn't really know what we are doing, but it seems like you guys were into it, so we'll give you more. Yeah, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> this one will not include a tour of our class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe every other Good video idea. will. Yeah, yeah. save it. <laughs> Space it out. Yep. Okay, my friend, oh. anything else? Bef- oh, yeah, it looks yeah, like there d- is. J- just in general, like, uh, what is? Uh, do you like the genre of zombies? Like, is it a genre you seek out? Or do you feel like kind of, uh, yeah, over it or tired? You know, when I was first getting back into horror in my 20s, after a childhood of, like, loving spooky things but not being, like, diehard... That was in the midst of the zombie boom, right? The, like, early 2000s aughts zombie boom. And I really liked him. And I thought to myself, yes, I am a zombie fan. That's my favorite type of horror movie. In the years since, I've distanced myself from it 
not like strategically or politically. I'm just like, yeah, those are fun, but you know, not my fave anymore. Yeah. But as I was putting together this list, I'm realizing I still really do love the genre. And I think it can get stale. It can get repetitive. It had its time in the sun and it does maybe need to die down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still really love it a lot. That's really cool. I, I had a similar experience. Like I, I felt like I was over it, but putting this list together kind of reminds you of like some of the gems that are tucked away in there. Uh, I also feel like you're right. Like uh, when we were in our 20s, like the early 2000s, that was the whole revival. You had like a string of like really fun and interesting movies coming out on it. Um, but yeah, the, I feel like the last 10 years, uh, the, the, it's just been like so much uh, zombie fatigue with like The Walking Dead and uh, like some terrible movies like, I don't know if World War Z or anything is going to make your list, but, uh, or, or what was that Netflix one, The Army of the Dead and stuff? Oh God, uh, that was so bad. Yeah, I, I just feel like the quality has gone way down um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Hey, you're not watching the show Last of Us, are you? No, are you? I am. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious if that fits into your zombie definition. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. Like I, I checked it out. Uh, it's a, it's a fun one and, and nice to see something interesting being done again. But uh, curious if if it fits your thoughts around zombie definition. Oh okay, yeah. You know, yeah, I hear you. The, the, honestly, The Walking Dead. I remember we were all so hopeful for that show. Like I had a big group over our apartment in Chicago. We watched the first episode and we were like, "This is going to be great." Right. And then it was, and certain episodes were, and I know a lot of people love the show, but it just became such a soap opera and kind of monotonous that I do think it kind of killed the the genre. Right. That was the beginning of the end. Yep. But I still think there's room for for great zombie films to peek their heads through every once in a while. Sure. Do you think, uh, are we seeing a slowdown in the volume of new uh, zombie films yet? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. But there's been notable ones over the years that, you know, it seems like at least once a year there's one people talk about the sure. sadness from last year. Yep, yep, sadness from last year, right? Yeah. I, I actually caught up on a few recent ones, with recent within the past like five years or so to to see if they would make this list. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe we're down to like one or two good ones every year now. Yeah, right. Okay. Anything else or do you want to start us off with year number 10? Um, no, I think that's all I got. Yep. I think I'm ready to go if you are. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So my number 10, and it's been a long time since I've seen this. So my, my notes are pretty short here, but uh, I went with the 2007 film Planet Terror directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, yeah, this was just like a really stylistic film and the packaging of it was really smart and brilliant with uh, the grindhouse um, and uh, c- combining it with uh, Quentin Tarantino as a double feature. Um, and this movie couldn't have been more different than the other film in it. So it was, it was a really fun one to kick it off. And some of the visuals like still stick with me in terms of like how uh, the people were dressed and like the, the cuts of film. Uh, they just like a really vintage style shot and pre- pretty stylistic. So uh, really into this one, fast paced, fun, um, probably the most action thriller of this whole list. But I, I thought it was a, a good standout one from like the last uh, 20 years. First off, I totally hear what you're saying and that some of these movies I haven't seen for a long time. So I don't have a whole lot of insightful things <laughs> to say about them. But Planet Terror was my number 11. Oh, no kidding. Just <laughs> Yeah. A, oh, wow. I remember very little about the I mean, I remember the movie, but not well enough to say like, yeah. oh, the script was fantastic. It, I just remember it feeling like a total blast. Right. And that grindhouse thing was such a unique 
movie experience. And this is timely, at least when we're recording. It's going to be a couple weeks till people hear this. But people were just saying in the Discord server that we should do a like jumbo grindhouse episode. Oh, like a double feature? Watch yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which would be fun. That would be, yeah. Um, and I know so many people love Death Proof and think that's the stronger film, but this one to me was more fun and it leaned into that grindhouse aesthetic even more right. and like, you know, the film dissolving yeah. and it just felt more in, in keeping with what I was expecting from that movie experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love the aesthetic of it. Rose McGowan's character with the machine gun leg is oh just incredible. Yeah. That's an awesome image. Yeah. yeah. I'd uh, love to watch this again to to see if I still feel the excitement I felt the first time. Me too. Me too. I wonder if uh, the value of it gets a little bit diluted because of the grindhouse like doubling and maybe it's easier to forget because like you've, you've just watched like four hours of a movie and you forget like there's this like amazing piece in the beginning. But yeah, it'd be a fun one to go back and, and watch again and make sure it holds up. Yes. I'd love to do that again. Cool. What, what about you? What's your number 10? Great choice. My number 10 is one of your favorites, uh, The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. <laughs> oh, man, I had a feeling you'd bring that one up. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Which you did not like. <laughs> yeah. I think it's extremely entertaining. It's humorous, campy. It's got some great effects. And for a campy 80s zombie movie, it's actually got a really great plot. I think it's a well-written movie, some cool character dynamics. There's even some random touching moments mm-hmm. here and there. I think the editing and direction is a little bit weak. Like I remember during certain conversation scenes, it just really stalled as a movie and things started to feel flat. Mm-hmm. But between the tar man, the zombie torso, and Linnea Quigley's graveyard scene, this just has some of the most unforgettable moments in the genre. Yeah. Damn, that's that's impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that movie at all, man. Uh, I agree, like, it's got some really, like, standout pieces, but the comprehensiveness of it, I feel like, is missing. It does feel like a lot of cool ideas, like, kind of mixed in together. But you feel like the story works well as a whole? I don't like the ending, but I think the story as a whole is pretty solid. Okay. And you feel like the characters are likable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, likable is... Uh, <laughs> likable, I don't know, but... I enjoy their interactions and their relationships. Okay, okay. Yeah, good for you. Sick, sick of the guns there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a movie that, like, if you and I watched over some beers one day, you might feel differently. All right. I'm willing to give it another go. I feel like when I watched it, I wasn't entirely sure if it was comedy or just a bad movie. Uh, sounds like it's it's the former, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I think there's a... As we start to run out of big classic movies to discuss on the show, which seems like it would never happen, but we'll never run out of movies, but I think we're running out of some of the giant names in horror. It'd be fun to go back and re review, well, like, like re-examine is the word I'm looking for. Yep. Some of the movies we covered that one of us didn't like, but the other one did, or that we both disliked, even though everybody liked them. Like, I'd love to do... Midsommar again. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like we missed something there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that'd be a fun exercise someday. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Same. All right, buddy. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine, I'm not sure if you've seen this one. It's a 2019 film called Little Monsters, directed by Abe Forsythe. Did you, you end up seeing that one? I watched it a few days ago to try to squeeze it in for this. Oh, cool. See if it qualified. Ah, great. Yeah, I think it qualifies as a zombie film. Um, it's a yeah, kind of outbreak related 
Um, I thought it's like really charming and really well cast. I think the two main people are really lovable and their relationship as it builds uh, is a great uh, counterpoint to like the violence that's unfolding. And it's very humorous because you've got like a bunch of little kids surrounding them the whole time. But then you got Lapita also just like getting like bloody and uh, killing people with a shovel. So kind of visually really neat and puts a bunch of like opposite things together, which you wouldn't think would work. But um, I, I think it tells a really fun and uh, probably the most wholesome movie on this list uh, for, from my standpoint. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, it 100% qualifies as a zombie movie. Yeah, it is probably the most wholesome movie that will appear on this list. And I, I like that about it. It is very likable for that reason. The presence of the kids is a really it works wonders for the plot. It, it makes for some cool emotional moments, but it also makes sense for some fun gimmicks. Mm. Like, they're trying to make it for the kids. Like, this is just a game. <laughs> yeah. None of this is real. Right. And that just sets up some cool dynamics and plot points going off of that uh, little ruse they're trying to pull. So it's really interesting. Taylor Swift references throughout. Taylor Swift references. I'm not mad about those. <laughs> yeah. It's got Josh Gad in it, who oh, yeah. my household is familiar with as Olaf, the snowman from the Frozen movies. Oh, I don't know who's um, in Frozen. Yeah, he's the snowman. Oh, okay, cool. I could see that. Yeah, so he plays a, like a child children's entertainer who yeah. turns out to be a scumbag. <laughs> he plays yeah. it pretty well. He does, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember the name of the main actor, but uh, yeah, there's just something like really depressing and funny about him. And he like thinks he's like a rock star too. I think so he's always carrying a guitar around, which uh, is, is pretty funny. Yeah, there, there's some. It's a humorous movie, that's for sure. Yep, yep. What about All you? Right. What's your number nine? Nice choice. My number nine is. Zombie from 1979, directed by Lucio Fulci. Nice. Uh, I forgot to mention Return of the Living Dead was directed by Dan O'Bannon, by the way. But yeah, Fulci's Zombie, also known as Zombie 2, with no E in the word zombie. This movie has some problems with its narrative structure and with the character characterization. That is very weak. But to me, it stands apart as a unique zombie movie. It also... I think what makes it unique is it kind of combines the Haitian voodoo oh, yeah. of pre-Romero zombie movies with Romero zombie movies, mm-hmm. and it gives us some of those violent and gruesome moments in any zombie movie, and uh, Fulci's gore can look so real. Yeah, yeah. Like the eye trauma scene in this movie, I'm just like, did they truly do that right. to someone's eye? Like. I mean, you look close enough, you can tell it's fake, but it is incredible, yeah. the effects work in this. Uh, and the zombies, I just love the aesthetic because it's not like the guy next to you suddenly turns into a zombie. They're totally decayed, like rising from the grave, mm. and they look fantastic. The makeup effects are out of this world. Right. And for whatever the plot lacks, that third act is bonkers and perfectly chaotic and scary. Uh, and like I said, this this time period... In my early 20s when I was like, all right, I'm going to sincerely try to get into horror movies. There was a feeling when I stumbled upon some of this stuff I had never heard of. And I was just blown away by the aesthetic of it. Like movies like this and Suspiria where they just have their own look and feel to them. Mm -hmm. Those are the movies that like really lit up my brain and made me wanting, made me want to keep digging into the genre. So I have affection for this movie as a bit of a nostalgia for the time period where I rekindled my love for horror but I also 
We re-examined it on the podcast. I saw its weaknesses, but I still think some of its strengths shine pretty bright. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great pick. Such a unique film. And, and yeah, you're right. Visually, that one sticks with you. Such cool effects uh, and, yeah, some pretty gory uh, torture scenes. Yeah, that, that eye scene, that's like where it's coming through the door. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's rough. Uh, g- good one, man. That uh, was that, that was after, like, Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, it was 1979, so it was 11 years after Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a, good, a, a fun one. It also has a zombie fighting a shark, which oh, yeah. a lot of people <laughs> like to mention. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, not one of the most exciting scenes in the movie to me, but it's yep. it bears mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, yeah. Do you feel like that one falls into like campiness at all? Hmm. You know, the zombie fighting a shark is probably a little bit campy, but the rest of the movie, no, I don't think so. Pretty serious tone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah, that's a great one. Good pick. Glad of, uh, yeah, what's your number nine? Uh, oh, or wait, I, did you already do number nine? I did number nine, yeah. Number, we're at number eight? Okay, you're, uh, you're number eight. What is it? All right, uh, Dead Alive, 1992, Peter Jackson? That's correct. Right. Yeah, you, I'm surprised I didn't write that down. Um, but yeah, this was just, uh, I, I think, you know, there's some other comedy films on, on this list, but this one I thought, like, in uh, for Slapstick, uh, has been the best type of, or sorry, Splatstick uh, zombie film, I, I think is one of the best ones. And the characters are hilarious. Um, there's some really gross out moments uh, that are really over the top and, and fun. And I uh, love like the, the climax and like uh, the battle scenes that, that uh, happen in, in that house. So uh, just, yeah, I, I, I didn't see this one. I think you turned me on to that. Um, and so I, I just watched it for the first time in the last year or two. And uh, yeah, I was just surprised how, how fun of a film this was. Yeah, we did an episode on that a few, few couple years back, maybe, and yeah, man, the the that movie is so elaborate and over the top. Some of the stuff that goes on, I was just, I'm in <laughs> awe of it. Like the things that they do, the places they take it in terms of the extremity of the violence and the gross out scenes, right? But also just the arrangement of like, okay, that guy's in that room. It's going to do this and trigger that. It's almost. Like there are certain scenes that are like a Rube Goldberg where you're just like, what just even happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Towards the end when like everything's going nuts in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The house is just <laughs> really chaotic and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It works really well. It's a, it's, it's a fun one. Oh man. I'm so happy to see that on your list. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a fan. How about you? What's, what's your number eight? My number eight is another movie I haven't seen in a very long time, so I don't have a lot of insight around it because I just don't remember it that well. 28 Days Later from 2002, directed by Danny Boyle and written by Alex Garland. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time putting it on the list because it's been so long, and I had a really hard time assigning a number to it. Like, I have to watch this again to decide where it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would fall out of the list, but it could go up. Yep. I, all I remember is feeling like in awe of it when the movie was over and just being really impressed with it. It's maybe the most, if you're saying, you know, Little Monsters is the most wholesome movie, this might be like the, one of the most emotional gut punchy movies. Like it's a truly moving and emotional movie. The characters feel so fleshed out and real. Sure. In a way that I don't think other movies on this list can compete with Mm -hmm. and it's scary and i think at that time too we were like oh running zombies exactly holy shit yeah that was kind of mind-blowing in its own right that was an eye-opener right yeah so 
I don't have that much more to say about it because unfortunately I don't remember it that well other than we need to cover it. Mm-hmm. It's not available to watch on the internet anywhere what? right now. What? Really? Yeah. Oh so my God. hopefully that will change and and we can cover it. Yeah. Or we can buy some physical media and cover it. Sure. I'd love to. That was, uh, I, I agree with everything you said there. I, I think that was a very important film for the whole zombie genre. Um, like what I was reading is, is that maybe jump-started the whole return or like, yeah, the, the, uh, the early 2000s zombies films that we saw in like The Walking Dead that all like started with this film coming out in 2002, right? Yeah, I really do think that was the start of the boom. I'm like looking at some of the other movies on my list and that's the earliest one. Right, right. Yeah. The earliest, not the earliest one, but the earliest one in that little boom period. Yep. Yeah, I think it inspired a lot of work and made zombies a lot of fun again. And yeah, the the fast zombie was just kind of mind blowing at that point. Right. That's cool. Yeah, excited to check that one out again. Me too. I can't believe uh, it's hard to find uh, because we we reviewed uh, the sequel, but... um, yeah, I'd love to go back and, and see the original one again. Yeah, there are certain movies where we've reviewed the sequel but not the original, and it kind of irks me that we did it that way. Right, right, yeah, it's kind of backwards. But there's a good reason we started with the sequel, right? Yeah, right, because sequel September. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was sequel September, yeah. <laughs> and Imogen Poots. And Imogen Poots, exactly. Well, uh, that's a great segue to my number seven, because mine is the sequel, uh, 28 Weeks Later, uh, by Juan Carlos Fresnadillo Nadillo, um, in 2007. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, it takes the, the what was amazing about the first one uh, and adds like a bigger budget to it and goes nuts in terms of blending horror and big action. Um, awesome start that like centers you right away in this world and then a false sense of security while this like family is getting together and then it end is just like mayhem and like things get pretty blockbustery and big. And obviously, yeah, Im- Imogen Poots is in it and she's amazing. Um, I think it's one of her earlier films too, especially on the horror side. So cool to see her coming up here. And then, um, yeah, just great paced, uh, well-paced, fast. Uh, I love the way uh, the zombies are in, in both this film and, and the original, just like the cuts are like very quick and, and fast and that gives the movie uh, like, a, yeah, a lot of momentum. Yeah, yeah, the editing is intense. I remember that first scene, the the, the score was so intense oh, and yeah. it was like cranked to 11 and it just kept going. It was like, whoa, okay, this movie's going balls to the wall. Yeah, yeah, right off the bat, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, I, I really like that movie as well. It didn't, I'll go ahead and spoil and say it didn't make the list. But okay. It was, there were some movies down there at the bottom that were kind of lurking. Mm, okay, okay, gotcha. Speaking of lurkers, <laughs> some movies I really like that might have made this list, but I just felt like didn't quite meet the criteria I stated at the beginning, Overlord and Savage Land. Mm. I loved Overlord, but it was, I'd, I'd still call it a zombie movie maybe, but it's just, it's far enough away from what the genre is like truly about to not include on this list. That's the one where like the they're transforming soldiers into uh, like super... Zombies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So not. Yeah. So it doesn't count because they're like they're not dead. I yeah. I can't remember if they're dead or not. But it's like not, I don't think it's contagious. I don't think it's an apocalyptic threat. Mm. It's just you know zombies aren't swarming anybody. Yep. The the r- real reason, without trying to objectify or list out the true criteria that I put in. Those criteria were all basically a way for me to back into. This doesn't have the feel of a typical zombie movie. Sure, sure. And it doesn't, um, but I still love it. Savage Land 2, I, like, 
that is like a postmodern zombie movie, and it's awesome, but it really doesn't. Yeah, follow the so, same thing. To call that a zombie movie just doesn't match the spirit of this list to me. Yeah, that's such a unique and like innovative film. Uh, just because you actually don't see any of the zombies in that one, right? You and yeah, I don't. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. but yeah, very little is shown. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was that was a really creative way. I never thought about that as a zombie film, but I, I, I can see how that that might count. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. So wait, you just said your number seven, right? right. With twenty eight weeks later, my number seven is Night of the Living Dead from nineteen sixty eight, directed by George Romero. This movie really stands the test of time. Like, not only did it set the blueprint and create the zombie subgenre essentially like it created it you know it didn't even say the word zombie so there's like the voodoo zombie subgenre but then there's what we now think of as a zombie subgenre which is basically Romero's Mm -hmm. created subgenre Uh, so it's crazy that it started the movement and it also just stands the test of time as a classic and still is good and still is scary right it would be higher on the list, but I always considered this a five and one of my favorites. But when we re-examined on the podcast, I just felt like second act is a little bit slow. Mm. And some of the tropes that this film started are not my favorite. Like the soap opera-ness of The Walking Dead owes itself to this movie. Like the the drama in Night of the Living Dead walked so the Walking Dead could run. Uh, what? That's very confusing. I think that works. Uh, <laughs> Too much walking and running in that sense. Yeah. No. Uh, you, but you know what? I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to are you say? About, like the, the drama between the characters is like yeah. And like I mean it. that became a staple of the genre. Is like what will you do? Like it's the apocalypse. How will you handle yourself? How will people get along? Will they work together? Will they work against each other? Right. I mean, you could argue that's one of the most interesting parts of zombie movies, mm-hmm. but I think it gets tired fast. And when you try to make a whole show about that, it's like, oh, come on. Sure. Yeah. So some of the like squabbling here, you know, it, it's very interesting and it says a lot about human nature, but it's also maybe something that makes the film a little less exciting and fun to me. Got it. Yeah. That's that's so interesting because yeah, I would argue that like that's one of the most uh, interesting aspects of the genre as a whole is uh, the commentary you can make on human behavior or like social arrangements and how people like choose to survive and and, and what those clicks. But yeah, I, I wonder how much of that like if The Walking Dead hadn't come out and like ruined that whole vibe, would you appreciate it more in this film or would it still feel like uh, too much unnecessary? That's a good question. Does like The Walking Dead make me retroactively like this movie less? Right. I don't know. And I think a lot of people are listening and agreeing with you that that is the most interesting part of a zombie movie. I am very fascinated by the survival aspect as well, but just not as fascinated as, oh, what if that person tries to sabotage that person? (laughs) And what if they don't know they're sleeping with? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not interested. Sure. Um, (laughs) But I I understand how it's compelling. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But the third act especially is really intense. It is. um, Yeah. And haunting. Right. Especially with that little girl. So, yeah, oh, it's man. still a great movie, despite I'm just kind of qualifying why it's not higher on the list, but yep. still an amazing movie. Yeah, I agree, man. That That's such a unique one. Love the black and white aspect uh, of, of it. Makes it like feel very, uh, it's, it's on a small budget. Um, I think uh, it's modeled off of like a radio show, right? Like that kind of format of like just kind of uh, simple storytelling. 
modeled off of a radio show. Like a War of the Worlds type uh, thing where like, uh, I, I know like uh, early in the film they are listening to radio at some point, but I've heard uh, comparisons that like this movie kind of brings back the idea of like story time around a radio or something. Yeah, I guess maybe it. I mean, they're all gathered around the news and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. And we did talk about in our review how there's some stuff that they they don't have the budget for, but they'll some of the characters explain what they saw happen. Right. And then so that's almost like creating a little scene in your mind without any budget. Yeah. Exactly. Working on the imagination. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I like that one. I have a very special connection to that movie. I think because you sent me a copy of that um, before we started this club. Uh, like back in 2015, maybe we were already watching horror films, but you sent me like two or three DVDs and that was one of them. And probably yeah. the first time I saw it, which, uh, I think I still have like the, the, the DVD that you sent me. Nice. With my little handwriting on it. <laughs> yeah. I think you made like a drawing of us too somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's way more drawings of us. You just haven't seen. Oh, cool. Them. All right. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it's part of a collection. <laughs> Those are in my safe place. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good pick. Cool. Uh, so what's your number seven? Wait, um, number six. six. Sorry, I'm getting so confused. Yeah. So I think at the top of this conversation, you kind of talked about what might not qualify. So I think this one is probably going to fall into that bucket. It's the one we recently saw, the 1985 reanimator directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, I just thought this was like so much fun and a great balance of schlock as well as like smart stories telling and pretty iconic characters that uh, you don't really see too often in in these types of movies, like characters that kind of stick with you afterwards. And uh, I think some great uh, kills um, and uh, yeah, some also very like bizarre and disturbing scenes that um, you don't forget. So I I was just really impressed by uh, this one from the 80s. Oh man, I'm so happy to see that on your list. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's you know they're my specific criteria for my list. There's no reason you can't go ahead and put that on your list. Yeah, I gotta uh, think of if, criteria. If I opened up my, you know, my walls that I built around me, <laughs> that would be on the list too because I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. So it's pretty pretty funny and, and good. Awesome. I'm glad you. It's a thrill for me to introduce you to movies that you end up really liking. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Put, cool. Pushing us backwards. Uh, what's your number six? Well, number six is a movie that you told me about, and you actually wrote a written review on our website for it a long time ago, back when we thought that we would do that. <laughs> That's <was> fun. <laughs> like, actually take the time to write written reviews. Right. Uh, but Little Monsters cool. from 2019, directed by Abe Forsyth. Just watched this a few days ago to try to cram, see if it would make the list. And lo and behold, it did, man. It, it started off a little bit slow, and at first more about me and the tropes of the subgenre I'm saying I like, but that do get older annoy me. I was a little bit put off by what was starting to feel like an underachieving slacker proving themselves through the arc of a zombie comedy. Like, mm. we see that a lot. Right. Um, but by the time the movie was over, I thought it was very funny and quite touching. Mm-hmm. Zombies were cool. Attention was paid to the makeup effects. And there were some particularly amusing zombie extras like there was a zombie that tried to eat a porcupine oh. and and the evidence is on his face pretty funny uh yeah. i dug all the performances hard not to like a movie that's got lupita playing a ukulele right and yeah like i said that the children the conceit where they are trying to conceal it from the children just is a great source of gags and uh 
emotions and great plot points. It was a fun movie. It is, yeah. It's a really good one. I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. Um, it it kind of gets overlooked. I, I don't know if I think it came out like streaming on Hulu. I don't, I'm not even sure if it had like a theater release or not, but I feel like that one slips under the radar a bit. Yeah, I don't think it does. I don't think it had a theatrical release. And it's funny because Lupita was just so much the rage with us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you think more people would have talked about this movie too. Right, right, yeah. Um, is it, uh, I want to say it's like Australian or New Zealand, right? It's a, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. foreign production. Okay. Yeah. Right, I want to say Australia. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, great, great subtle humor. And yeah, so charming. It's. A, I'm glad you had a good time watching that one. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the rec. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Uh, cool. Next one then. Yeah, you're oh, number boy. five. We're in the top fives now, huh? Yeah. All right. So my number five, for some reason, is rated number one by a lot of people. I don't know why, but uh, it, it is a good movie. It's the 1978 Dawn of the Living Dead by George Romero. Uh, yeah, amazing uh, zombie film. It, I, I think it makes really good use of different settings to keep the movie uh, moving and, and great pace. Uh, it has a really smart commentary that I think you kind of need uh, to keep the zombie genre fresh and interesting. Uh, the ensemble of characters and the people from like different walks of life coming together in a mall is really enjoyable, um, as well as like the implications of like the SWAT team that's like killing uh, residents like who are unarmed and, and civilians. Uh, so there's a lot of like sharp uh, commentary about human behavior, um, consumerism, uh, the, 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 the role of like military and police. Um, so I, I thought it packed a lot of like smart, uh, social satire in there. And then obviously the gore and the makeup done by Tom Savini was a big standout here for this film. So, uh, yeah, thought, thought, thought it was a, a fun movie. Awesome. And also he knows that he means Dawn of the Dead, everybody. He oh. said Dawn of the Living Dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, man. Dude, you, on my end. We had so many missteps or misspoken <laughs> words in the Three Extremes episode. Oh, nice. We're, we're on a real streak here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, my bad. Nice. That was another movie back in the early 20s phase of my life where I was blown away by the aesthetic. I was like, oh, my God, this is one of my favorite movies ever now. I love it. And it's worn off with time. I don't like it as much as I did the first time I watched it. It just gets a little slow and long. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make my list. But, yeah, it's number one on so many lists. Isn't it? Yeah. And that one, I mean, if Night of the Living Dead paved the way and set up those character dynamics, I think – Dawn really set up the more apocalyptic mm-hmm. type vibe, right? Like more zombies, more strategy about how we survive this thing and what's yeah. our long-term goal. And we've been here a long time. It's right. not just one night in a house. More like a uh, world building, I feel like. Yes. Things have spread out. Yeah, right. It's kind of like he like set the rules of the genre and then he made another one that was like, yeah, this is the this is the archetype going forward. Right, like, right. Yeah. Uh, had you, uh, did you see this one first or the remake first? I saw, I didn't see the remake until we watched it for the podcast. Uh, so okay, it was okay. a couple years ago that I saw the 2004 version for oh, the first time. Got it. So you, you caught this one it, back in like the, uh, the 2000s? Yeah, it was probably about, yeah, okay. the aughts when I saw it for the first time. Okay. okay. I think I saw it for the first time when you and I watched it, uh, which was one of our first episodes, I think. Back in like 2018. Yeah, yeah, we did cover this pretty early. It was probably a horrible episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to say it's like episode eight or yeah. something like that. Right, right. Uh, how about cool. you? What's your number five? Good choice. I think nice. people were going to scream at us 
if that didn't make an appearance on the list, so you saved us. Dawn of the Living Dead. <laughs> <It's there. laughs> yeah, you, you could have saved us, but you had to call it Dawn of the Living Dead. Yeah. Now we're fucked. Yeah, it's over. Uh, my number five, and this one bends my rules a little bit, so it has an asterisk, asterisk next to it. If it doesn't count for my rules, then I'd put... It may not even count for zombie in general, but... If it doesn't count, then bump everything up and put Planet Terror as number 10. This is City of the Living Dead from 1980, directed by Lucio Fulci. <laughs> Two Fulci movies on the list. Damn. So the reason it doesn't quite add up to my rules is that it feels more supernatural than most zombie movies do. Like the dead coming back to life is kind of one of many supernatural occurrences that are happening in this town. So it's not the traditional zombie setup. The characters aren't necessarily hemmed in by swarms of the walking dead, but at the same time, it could be interpreted as the dead rising in what could be an apocalyptic event if not kept under control. Mm. So I'm on the fence about whether this meets my criteria or not, Mm -hmm. but it is a recent watch for me, and it sits alongside Night of the Living Dead as the two scariest movies on my list. Ah, no kidding. Yeah. This is the first film in Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, one of which was The Beyond, which we reviewed. Yep. And it's not so much that it's always acutely scary, but just that Fulci, like, he just soaks his movies in the trappings of horror so much. Mm. Just, it's so ghoulish and macabre. And it's it's just like something you'd want to put on in the background at a Halloween party Uh, or something. It's a great, like, visually... Yes, okay. right. And this is an outlier for me and for the list in that it doesn't have a well-defined character arc or a great story, mm. but it's just bonkers in all the right ways. And what it lacks in character arcs and narratives, I think it makes up for an atmosphere and unique moments. So I don't know if it counts, but I just it was a movie I recently watched and was so blown away by that I wanted to I just wanted to put it on this list. So That's great. I'd recommend it for anybody who's a fan of zombie movies or for a fan of Italian horror if you haven't seen this one yet. Cool. Yeah. What What year was that? 1980. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I'd love to check that out. Sounds awesome. Yeah. A year after he made zombie. Okay. Got it. Cool. All right. So what's your number four? Um, my number four is back to comedy, the 2004 Shaun of the Dead directed by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Uh, I think this is probably like still for me the funniest zombie film and just love how it blends kind of real day living with uh being a zombie and i haven't seen another film do that so well um and then at the center you've got this romantic story uh with like an underdog character who's really easy to get behind and root for um the the humor is just you know that british humor which is so fun and sharp and uh, I, i think yeah this film really set these guys up to do some great work and collaborations down the line um but yeah still for me one one of the top and, and funniest uh zombie films yeah so very funny it's just like a really tight nice script that plays with the tropes so well while still like succeeding as being its own it's very much a scream type thing where we're poking fun at this thing but we're also nailing this thing <laughs> yeah. at the same time like this is a perfect slasher movie that's making fun of slasher movies right and this is like a perfect zombie movie that's making fun of zombie movies exactly There's, so many hilarious moments playing with the tropes. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the fun. woman in the garden at the beginning is just amazing. Oh, when they throw records at her. When they're like throwing records <laughs> at her. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it, it, I feel like those two characters work off each other really well. Uh, 
uh, Simon Pegg, and I forget what the other guy's name is, but uh, Nick Frost. Oh, Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah. Those two guys are great. Yeah, yeah, man. Such a good one. I'm, I'm glad you have it so high. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your number four? My number four goes comedic as well. I chose Zombieland from 2009, directed Whoa. by Ruben Fleischer. This one's just funny and charming and wasn't afraid to be gruesome either, which felt kind of new. I mean, horror comedies, really post-2000s is when horror comedies like really started to thrive and and make a make a name for that subgenre, I want to say. Like, people started to really seek these out. And I think they had a little bit more mass market appeal than a straightforward horror movie. So mm. that was this was part of the zombie boom, but also I think part of the horror comedy boom. And Emma Stone was just coming on the scene around this time too. And it was pretty easy to identify with Jesse Eisenberg's character falling in love with her because <laughs> I feel like America was falling oh, in love with sure. her at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it had like a really original approach. In a way, it feels like a stereotypical zombie movie, but... You know, Columbus providing narration and talking about the rules that he lived by to get through the zombie apocalypse. Like, that's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it just painted a very clear picture of its world. I appreciated that it wasn't, like so many zombie films, didn't take place at the onset of this life-changing thing that could start an apocalypse or that had to be stopped to prevent an apocalypse. The movie begins and it's all already happened. Mm -hmm. Like... They're living in a post-apocalyptic world, which isn't as common in zombie movies as you would think. That's true, yeah. So much of it centers around like the event actually happening. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that all made it really interesting. They're not going through shock or awe or mourning things. They're just already hardened to a zombie-infested world, and we see what it takes for them to survive and how they, how they did it and maybe what they've pushed aside or how they've changed their personalities in order to cope. Right. And I think a lot of the good, a lot of the drama and relationship stuff comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I love like the relationship between him and Woody Harrelson. And then uh, Emma Stone also has like a sister in that, right? That they're pretty close together. Yeah. Played by Abigail Breslin. Right. Is that her right. name? Yep. That's really good casting. You know, uh, I saw that on a few lists and for, I, I can't remember that movie really well. And I feel like the second one might have ruined some of the uh brand for me but yeah hearing you describe it it makes me want to go back and watch it and maybe it was like a lot better than i remember yeah the second one really dropped off in quality and that's another movie where we're guilty of covering the sequel but not the original mm -hmm. yeah yeah right. so we still got to cover that movie yeah yeah i'd love to go back and, and watch that one again and and yeah you're right uh emma stone coming up even jesse eisenberg he was relatively new at that time too and he's uh, he's got like such a like kind of a neurotic performance and it fits that role really well it really does, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he. It became kind of when he was in a movie, you knew what kind of character yeah. he was going to play, but we hadn't really caught on to that yet. Right, right. Those early days, Eisenberg. Nice, yeah. good pick. Thanks, man. What's your uh, number three? Um, my number three is a foreign film. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this one, but I just remember it really knocking me out. But uh, Train to Busan, directed by Yan Sing Ho. And uh, I think out of all the other ones on this list, uh, I know you talked about like 28 Days Later 
being emotional. Uh, this one for me like felt like the most emotional of uh, a zombie film just because it's centered on this father and daughter relationship. The setting being on a train as this thing is breaking out gives you this great sense of like claustrophobia. Uh, the story reminds me a lot of, a lot of like Life is Beautiful where like uh, you just have um, yeah this, this, this father daughter who are trying to uh, make it through like this really brutal and chaotic and very violent event. Um, the, uh, what else? Oh, and, in overall, like the mix of people they encounter on the train and that, that ensemble of, of people coming together to survive, uh, I thought works really well. And the ending is pretty touching. So yeah, I, I remember this one like hitting me pretty hard and I still think it's, it's up there. Awesome choice, man. Uh, I, as I was saying that 28 days later is very emotional. I was like, well, what about train to Busan? <laughs> Cause that actually is my number three as well. Oh, uh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. And dude, a horror movie has never hit me so hard emotionally. I know I've talked about it on the show before, but I watched this a month before the due date of our first child. So the father-daughter relationship that was the backbone of the movie just really moved me. Mm. And I was just like a wreck by the end of it. Right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man, this was amazing. And this was a, a movie that, granted this was seven years ago now, but this was a movie that proved that there was still some fuel in the tank for the zombie subgenre because we were I'd say you know early mid-teens it was starting to be like okay maybe we've seen enough of these and they're done it's all the same Uh, and this one was like simultaneously pretty traditional but also felt really new and I I think maybe it was just because you could tell it was made with passion Mm. it was really sincere rather than just an attempt to cash in on the zombie craze right right so I think that yeah any subgenre can get overblown and overdone, but there's always going to be room there for a great movie within the confines of those tropes. For sure. Yep. So I don't think a genre is ever totally done, but you just got to either be really original or just just nail it. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and I think they hit the, the original and nailed it here. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. That's interesting. So this was 2016. What, what year was um, oh the, the one you just mentioned, Zombieland? 2009. Okay, so is this the newest film by any chance that you have on your list? 2016. Oh, no, Little, well, Monsters. Little Monsters was 2019. Got it. Yep. Okay. I think that's the newest film I have on my list was Little Monsters. Yeah, and then Got this it. would be the second newest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I think you're totally right. Like, yeah, the, this genre was kind of dead, and here they came and did something really unique and character-driven that, that worked. Right. Agreed. Cool. Good cool, thing. man. Uh, in agreement on that one. What's your number two? Oh, boy. We're getting into the uh, the good stuff. Um, yeah, I, my number two, you've already mentioned, Night of the Living Dead, 1968, George Romero's. As I mentioned, personal connection uh, because Brian sent this to me back in 2015. Um, I, I Yeah, I thought this was a really smart and brilliant production done on a shoestring budget, and it brings out what I love about zombie films, which is how humans are going to survive and the types of deals they make with one another or how they turn their back on each other and and some of those instincts that come up i also love how underproduced this was and it really just told like a centered on the human story um which is great even from the the black and white it just feels like a very um almost like you're watching a play or something just really well uh acted and produced um great uh, commentary both on human nature as well as uh, I, I feel like there were like some racial tones in here especially with like the ending which uh, i haven't seen too much in this genre and uh yeah it just feels very real to me in terms of like how the events fold out and uh the the pace uh, you know accelerates throughout the whole film for sure man yeah and that racial stuff really made it feel like a very revolutionary 
counterculture movie at the same time too and it was oh, yeah. independent 1968 and it just i think it probably did a lot for the independent movie scene too right and yep. maybe ushered in a bit of a new era of movie making yeah right right i, I think so and um and it, like what would you say like it, it brought zombies in a big way to the u.s then yeah, I mean, people, th- this concept of a zombie that came back from the dead and ate people and shuffled around like an idiot is not, that was, that didn't exist. He made it up out mm. of whole cloth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, I mean, not entirely. You know, there's voodoo mind-controlled right. zombies. I haven't seen a lot of those movies, but my understanding is it was not like this. Right, right. You know, you weren't... The, Zombie movies didn't have the trappings of people on their knees, like feasting on the guts of somebody else. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty Never, amazing. Yeah. Cool. Cool. He took a chance and, and and put that together. You know, I was thinking, wow, there's a lot of zombie comedies, and I'm wondering if it's just because out of all the horror movie monsters, zombies are the most stupid. <laughs> like. <laughs> U.S. comedy has always so much just been making fun of people doing stupid things like <laughs> yeah. physical humor, like they walk into something, they walk off of something, yeah. or they make a boneheaded move, and there's just a lot of opportunity to like get humor out of that. That's and, true. Like Shaun of the Dead does it, Zombieland does it. Yep, for sure. Yeah, especially as you think about like other ghosts like vampires or uh, ghosts. Or like uh, monsters and stuff. Yeah, you never associate humor with them. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. There's something very easy to make fun of when it comes to zombies. Yeah, agree. Stupid idiots. Right. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's what's your number two? My number two has already been mentioned by you. It's Shaun of the Dead from 2004, directed by Edgar Wright. Just so well written and clever. Great comedic performances, like you said. Yeah, I don't think I have too much to say about it that I didn't already say when you brought it up. Just mm. like a love letter to zombie movies while also being a classic that can stand on its own two legs at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, such a great one. Did we did we give that fives when we saw it or like it's something high in the fours? I think you may have given it a five. Okay. I gave it a four and a half because I had a slight beef with Sean's character arc. It leaves me a little bit unsatisfied at the end, but still (laughs) a great ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a fun film. I like that one. Yeah. Cool. All right. This is it. You're number one. I actually, I, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. It's a film you've mentioned already. Okay. Um, yeah. I I have a guess what your number one is going to be, but, uh, it's also a film you've mentioned already. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, my number one is uh, 28 Days Later. You know, I, Oh, right, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, D- Danny Boyle, as you mentioned, uh, this was like, I, I think out of all the zombie films I've seen, like this is the scariest uh, be- because, yeah, you have such quick moving zombies, which we hadn't seen before, um, and the editing and, and the fast cuts make this like feel very alive. And uh, the scenario of like this guy waking up in a bed, I mean, like, th- this kicked off, like, The Walking Dead and, like, all the movies we saw in the 2000s. Like, this kind of set, like, a roadmap again after, I guess, Night of the Living Dead did, did this back in the 60s. So I feel like this was our generation's version of, like, bring the zombies back, make them fun and scary. And, uh, yeah, I thought the cast was really good. Loved the world that they built out. Loved uh, the, the scariness of, like, that military state and what they were doing. Um, and, yeah, just felt very real and, and scary to me. So I uh, enjoyed this one quite a bit. Awesome. Good choice. I cannot wait to watch that again. Yeah, we got to find it. That's, that's crazy. 
That's yeah, kind of yeah. Sometimes movies do that. They're just like gone for a while, then they come back. Mm. The Others was like that a lot because I kept wanting to cover it. Oh. And now I think it's finally available for rent maybe. Okay. Oh, we should cover that. We should. I wonder what goes on behind the scenes, like where movies just like go missing for a certain yeah, period of time. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's interesting. Every once in a while, I think maybe I should get into physical media because I'm just trusting yeah, exactly. all these like providers to like have these movies. Yeah. I know. The, the idea that you can't stream something is wild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, your number we've one? Been spoiled. Oh. My number one is Dead Alive from 1992, oh. directed by Peter Jackson. Nice. <laughs> just, just insane, over the top and disgusting, but just the sheer scale of the chaos is unmatched by any other zombie movie and it's so impressive perfect example of splatstick a genre maybe not a genre but just a type a style of filmmaking that i love and the love story underneath it it's it's silly but it's actually quite charming it is yep and everything so this list is kind of organized with movies i gave four out of fives to at the bottom as we go up the list it becomes 4.5s and this is the only five out of five on the list. I just oh. think it's absolutely perfect. There's not a thing I would change about the movie. I remember when we decided to cover it, my wife and I, I think we were in a hotel and our kids were in the other room. And I was watching this on headphones next to her and I was just like shaking the whole bed, like just cracking it. <laughs> so funny. Damn, yeah. Yeah, that's such a, it's a good one. Uh, hey, that's got a different name too, right? Brain dead. It also goes by brain dead. I think uh, in Europe and yeah, and uh, everywhere that's not America, I think it's called brain dead. Okay, that's a gross one to like look over at someone's screen and like see them watching that. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't want to watch this on a plane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh damn, that's a good number one pick. So your one and two are like kind of lean a lot more like a campy comedy. It's a very comedy heavy list when you when you really look at my list. Let's Mm. see, one, two. Three, four, five. It's half comedy and half not. No way, really. I feel like yeah. I've only got uh, one. Com- oh, I guess two, three. Uh, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's that's an interesting mix of this genre. Cool, man. We did a fully fledged top ten episode, starting at ten. That wow. wasn't so hard. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, li- I like that order. Well, you're not as big of an enjoyer of this subgenre as me, although maybe you secretly are. So maybe all you had was 10, but did you have any that were on the cusp that you didn't include? Um, yeah, I think the one, I think there's only one, uh, it was hashtag alive, uh, which I, I think that's a more recent one that I, I kind of enjoyed. Um, there's a foreign film, uh, showing like an outbreak and a, and a dude who plays video games, uh, but yeah, getting stuck in, in the house or something or in the apartment. Okay. I've never seen that one. Yeah. It was a good one. I, I randomly caught it on Netflix. How, how about you? Do you have a lot more? Um, you know, there were 28 weeks later was on the cusp, as I've already mentioned. And then there's a movie called Night of the Creeps from the 80s that I haven't seen in a long time, but I remember really loving. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to examine that one again and see if it belongs on the list. Yeah, but yeah I'd be curious. It's a strong list, at least in my opinion. I like everything on my list yeah. pretty well. It's hard for me to imagine bumping much of it. Right, right. It almost feels like in the genre, there are about like 15 good movies. Um, and then a lot of bad movies. I mean, what you know what's a movie we didn't bring up was Wreck. Oh, yeah. Which just, like, I don't I don't think it didn't match any of my criteria, but I just so much think of that as a found footage movie. Yeah. 
that it's hard for me to put on a top 10 zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Damn. I mean, I think it even matches all my rules. I think so. People yeah. die and come back to life. Yeah, I think so. And there's a risk of contamination. Yeah. Yeah. Contagiousness. Uh, yeah, but I also put rec. I think I put rec on my top five found footage ones. So I'm I'm glad to exclude it. Give some other movies some spotlight. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. We don't have a lot of uh, or any found footage on on this whole list. No, I. I think zombie movies do better without found footage. Yeah. So you can really capture the scale of everything. Right, right. You don't think there's an opportunity there uh, for like a more one-on-one personal handheld uh, type of approach to zombie film? I think Rec did it. Yeah. I, I think Rec did it, and that's like the best route you could take with mm-hmm. a zombie film. Sure. Like, I guess there's some VHS zombie segments, but it's, I think, a, a tight claustrophobic space right. is the way to go with that one. Right, right, like something in the um, room. Another movie I watched just last night to see if it might qualify I hadn't seen before was One Cut of the Dead. Hmm. Any good? Which takes a bit of a handheld approach as well. Okay. And Any good? I liked it. I, I thought it was uh, very interesting, a really unique approach to a movie. Uh, very good. Okay. Not good enough for the list, but sure. still very good. I'd probably give it a four out of five. Yep. Did you... I thought you had seen that one for some reason. No. What year is that? Oh, man. Like 2018, 2017, maybe? It's sometime in the past five or six years. Got it. Yep. Uh, Did you think about some of the worst zombie movies that you've seen? I did not. I did not think of some of the worst. Honestly, there aren't that many that I truly dislike. Army of the Dead is probably number one. Yeah, that's better. I I thought World War Z was kind of dumb, too. I never saw that, but I read the book and just knew that the movie was going to be so different from the book that it couldn't even compete, and I didn't right. want to bother seeing it. Yeah. That book is amazing. Have you read it yet? I have, yeah. I loved the book. Yeah, I love the way yeah. it's, it's told. Oh, uh, what's that Will Smith one um, where he's on his own? I am <laughs> I am Legend. I am Legend, yeah. Uh, did you get... What, what do you think? Uh, not horror? Uh, yeah, no, I'd call that horror. I just don't remember liking it enough to put it on the list. Yeah. The, that movie also was made with Vincent Price. I want to say that one's called The Last Man on Earth. Oh, okay. And that was really good. Mm-hmm. And then I th- I, want, oh, I know I've gotten this fact wrong before on the podcast and people have corrected me. Okay. There's one called The Omega Man with Charlton Heston mm-hmm. that I think is also based on the I Am Legend book. Okay. Those are both good movies, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, check those out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel like uh, we're not like, I don't, yeah, any other big names we're missing or didn't include? I don't think so, man. And I know in some of those I Am Legend adaptations, the zombies are like almost vampires more yeah. so than zombies. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if yeah. one even counts. Because they only right. come out at night, which dictate more of a vampire thing. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, I don't know that there's any giant classics. I'm sure some people will point out some giant classics that we missed or, or ones they thought should have been on the list. But I feel like we covered a lot of our uh, a lot of our bases while also getting some either lesser known or less well widely regarded ones on the list. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It's good. Pretty mix. predictable list, realistically, but <laughs> maybe a few surprises in there. Yeah. Most of the things we've reviewed. Um, yeah. And then some that we need to get on to. Yeah, I yeah, I really want to do 
28 Days Later, I want to do the original Zombieland, and I'd love to do a Grindhouse special. Yeah. In Train to Busan, I feel like we should get that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want, I feel like we've covered that one, but we haven't. Nah, it's been, been a minute. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Uh, that's all I got. Okay. Well, this has been our countdown of the top 10 zombie films. Let us know what yours are. Feel free to list them out in order, or just let us know ones you thought we didn't give any credit to that should have been on the list. If you want to connect with us, go to horrormovieclub.com. Uh, you can click on the social links drop down there. You'll find links for Facebook and Twitter, where we announce what movie we're covering next week. You'll find the link to the Discord, where you can join and talk to a community of listeners and horror fans. Horrormovieclub.com also has a link to our Patreon page, so you can go there for a dollar a month and watch the video that we're about to record on how we would survive or fail to survive the zombie apocalypse. Probably just us stumbling about what would be the correct thing to do. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Our logo is done by Amy May Pop Art. And until next time, try to come up with an emergency plan with what to do in a zombie apocalypse and post it somewhere visible in your household. Yeah, maybe do a training every year. <laughs> yeah, Run right. Run a few drills. Just force your spouse to sit through it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I do think a lot of people have thought about that uh, and like have a, a, a plan in place. Yeah, I mean, I think we're about to get into it, but I recently yeah. read Mac, Max Brooks's Zombie Survival Guide, and it really had me thinking. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Just, you know, any sort of even semi-apocalyptic sure. scenario. Yeah, it can apply in a lot of cases. Yep. Yeah. 